Welcome to Growth Uncut, a podcast that interviews different people from around the world to share their views on personal growth. We feel passionately about connecting communities and raising awareness around social justice, humanity and relationships. Today, I'm really fortunate to be joined by Breeder Power. Hello, Breeder. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, where do I start? Okay. So I'm a mother of three adult children. Um, I work full time with vulnerable uh, prisoners, prisoners that are overseas. So they're generally from the Irish Republic um, or second and third generation settled Irish people or people from the traveling community. And I work um, as a key holder in a number of prisons, but also uh, work with prisoners nationally. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of grandchildren, so I've got a very, very busy lifestyle, never time for boredom and yeah, just, just always chasing my tail. Yeah, it sounds it. And, and what kind of got you into that role? What, what kind of, uh, kind of initiated that kind of line of work? Where did your passion begin? So I work for an organization called the Irish Council for Prisoners Overseas, um, and I started work there about 12 years ago on a voluntary basis. Mm. And the reason I took the vol- I decided to volunteer for this organization was because prior to that, I had been, or my family had been, a service user. So the organization, um, as I've said, they support Irish people in prison overseas. And my father happened to be um, an Irish overseas prisoner who who had served a sentence for 16 and a half years for um, crimes that he had not committed. So um, 1974, he was convicted for the Birmingham pub bombings. Mm. And in 1991, he walked free from the Old Bailey uh, after the conviction was quashed. So I grew up um, the child of a a lifer and um, was part of a huge campaign and just basically wanted to use that experience to help others. And when the opportunity became available within this organisation, the Irish Council for Prisoners Overseas, I decided that that's where I would like to volunteer. Mm. Because I've always felt that you know, while people, uh, you know, the prisoners um, are serving the sentence that families serve the sentence to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, and I guess looking at your experiences, I guess, in terms of growing up um, with without your dad there, but also in terms of the work that you do, how, how would you define personal growth? What does personal growth mean to you? Um, well, I understand that it means different things to different people. And you know, I, I've also seen, you know, people personally grow in in huge amounts, but I've also seen baby steps where, you know, um, there's been a tiny, tiny change or a small, small matter of growth that has made a bigger impact. So it does mean different things to different people. But for me, it's always about improving myself. It's It's always about... Um, my emotional growth, my attitude in general, and the amount of compassion that I can show to other people. Mm. Um, So for me, it's quite broad, um, but it could be that, you know, I've made huge 
strides in my career and I've grown but my personal life might have had to go on the back burner Mm. so you know I kind of for me concentrating on one area of my life at a time usually works best Um, and if I'm if I'm okay in my career then maybe I can spend some time working on my personal relationships yeah Um, you know and it's kind of just doing something small and doing something every day that helps you to understand how far you've come and it's always always looking back at where you were maybe a few years beforehand and how you might have handled or reacted to something and if you're doing that differently then for me that's growth Mm. so so there's something there from the sounds of it around appreciating your journey so something about you know recognizing where you've come and and what you've achieved but also you know like you say there's something there about it's not necessarily about making moving forward but it's about making those kind of um small steps those little things each day practicing growth almost um from the sounds of it sounds um important to you absolutely and I think so many different things work for different people and I've learned that from um, the client group that I work with so what might work for one person for instance you know it might be faith um for others it might be um a kind of a different type of spirituality it might be affirmation for others it might be you know quiet time meditating and for others it might be more of a an action base so they have to get out and maybe go for a run or go to the gym or practice yoga mm-hmm. and and you know everybody's different and it's just taking the time to find what works best for you and what helps you to relax and I think for me it's practicing gratitude so that's the first thing I do in the morning is just think about what I'm grateful for because all too often we can just concentrate or let negativity overtake us and I I understand that particularly in in my life and I know that this is true of uh, many people on the planet and I'm sure that there are you know millions and millions of people that are come through far worse than what I think I have Um, but it's just about understanding that you know there is growth um, more growth and growth where you know where there's trauma you know it's there it's there for the taking and sometimes I have to say um, it sounds bizarre but I'm grateful for the experiences in my life because I wouldn't be the person that I am today Mm, yeah Absolutely. And and that really resonates with the stuff around post-traumatic growth, which I know you're aware of. Um, Mm. But also that that idea that through suffering, we learn something that we either value or we learn something different as we as we kind of make sense of that that challenge, I guess. Um, And and I guess moving on, looking at your kind of values, then what would you say are the things that you kind of value in life? Oh, wow. Um, so many things I wouldn't to make a list I wouldn't even think about it it would be pages and pages but um obviously family has to be number one um you know and I know that that's difficult for some people because they might be estranged from family um or they might not have family and I know that you know the lucky ones are people that have a good family support network Mm -hmm. But quite often, I've noticed particularly in times like lockdown, 
So for a number of months, I wasn't able to see my family. I wasn't able to visit my parents, you know, didn't see, see some of my children. So it was just taking the time to, you know, just think about family and what they mean to me. And, you know, thinking about when we come out of lockdown, what I could actually do for them, not in terms of materialistic uh, things, but more the things that I, I'm, I'm going to tell them, just that, you know, when I see them, give them a big hug, you know, and really make the things we take for granted in life, you know, just putting your arms around your children or your grandchildren or your parents mm. who are getting on in years and, you know, just really giving them that, that hug and just telling them how much you love them and I know that that's not 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 you know something that everybody can do if they are alone but just giving time to think about your family think about what you can do to make amends or build bridges or if, if that's never possible then and it's just picking up the telephone or dropping them a line. I've still got friends who send me cards in the post, <laughs> you know. It's not all about social media. It's not always about, you know, text messages or computers. I get lovely handwritten cards still and they, they're so personal and they mean so much. So that is one of the big things that I value in life. And then obviously following on from that then comes relationships. So you know, to have to have good family. Uh, I mean, there are times when I feel like I want to run a mile from my family because all at once everybody needs you. And then there are times when you feel like, what about me? You know, I'm always the support network in the family. I'm having the breakdown now. I need support. <laughs> you know, so there's always that dynamic and getting the balance sometimes can be quite difficult. So it's just about taking a little step back taking a few deep breaths, you know, repositioning yourself, working on those individual relationships, you know, and, and taking the time. Because I, re I remember uh, when we were kind of going back, I've got this, uh, I've got two sisters. There was always a little bit of sibling rivalry there for our mother's attention. And I'm very mindful of it now that I've got two daughters, you know, and I'm very aware that, I have to take each of my daughters uh, as they come on an individual basis. They're very different. And it's about not, you know, you hear the term all the time, treat everybody the same. Mm -hmm. And I understand that that's not the case, actually, because sometimes one, one friend, family member might need a bit more from you than, you know, somebody else. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so it's just working on those personal relationships, albeit friends, family, you know, uh, colleagues work and, and, and just understanding that everybody is different and everybody's needs are different. And it's all about, you know, taking each person that's in your life uh, as an individual. Mm. So that's what they're the values that are very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is lovely, lovely to hear. And, and in terms of those individuals, who would you say inspires you the most and, and why would that be? What is it about them that inspires you? So, oh, wow. I mean, I've got, there's a, there's a number of, uh, of close friends and family, but I suppose I should start first with my dad who spent 16 and a half years in prison for something that he didn't do. Um, you know, I've always been so proud of him and he is such an inspiration, not just to me or my family, but to, uh, you know, most people that in his life that have met him or campaigned for him. 
Um, and I think it's because, um, you know, he, he's he's rather selfless and, you know, he's, his needs are minimal. He needs very little from, from the world and from the people around him. He just, he's just there and he, he's just him. And he just, he just bees. He's just, mm. <laughs> he's just there. And if anybody needs anything or a word of advice, it's never too much. Um, and just the way he would answer the phone, you know, he's always so happy. Um, and I know he, he's got his faith and I know that, um, you know, he's done a lot of work in his life to forgive. He's done a lot of work, you know, on himself. And one of his favorite sayings is, don't let it disturb your inner peace. So, <laughs> you know, he's just an inspiration because, you know, when you look at what he's come through, um, you know, as a, as a young 29 year old man with four young, a wife and four young children, you know, just to be plucked out of the family like that and to go through that horrific experience, come out the other end. Uh, it wasn't always like that. Of course, the first few years, of course, it was not like that. But, um, you know, he's just so inspirational. And then, of course, my mum, you know, um, you know, to go through that at a young age and have four young children all under the age of five. Mm. And that must have just been horrendous. I can't even imagine it. Um, just she's so inspirational as well. Now she had a difficult time coping and she had her issues, you know, and it was always very difficult. But again, to come out the other end of that, you know, it might have taken her a bit longer, mm. um, you know, but it's never too late. And she, she, she may have struggled on her own as a parent, but, you know, you'd go, go a long way to find a better grandparent. Mm. So, you know, she, she's, she's so inspirational too. Um, and then of course, I've got a lovely daughter who's, she's young, she's only uh, 31 and she's been a type one diabetic from the age of nine. And she has chronic kidney failure. So she's a type one diabetic with chronic kidney failure and she needs a double transplant. Wow. But she is amazing because she's had two, two babies who were both premature, all during her kidney, chronic kidney disease. And both babies were like two pounds and spent months in incubators. And all the while she's having dialysis and and she worked full time. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I can't fathom it. So I get a lot of strength and, and inspiration from just, just from her. Mm, yeah. And many other people too. I mean, the people I meet in prison, you know, the people that work in prisons, my colleagues, friends. I think most people that I come into contact has gives me some sort of inspiration in, in some area of life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I guess that, that fits back almost to that idea of, you know, every opportunity is maybe an opportunity to grow, isn't it? And I think yeah. relationships are so key to that. It's almost like every time we meet someone new or interact with anyone, we have an opportunity to, to be inspired or, or to make sense of who we are, which is, which is just absolutely a lovely way to think about it. Um, and I guess, you know, I guess they're the individuals that have supported you in terms of growth and, and provided that inspiration. What about some of the kind of 
biggest challenges and and you've you know you've certainly talked about some of them already but what would you say is your biggest challenge and what you have you learned from it I think one of the biggest challenges in my life was when I went from an administrator from which is quite quite a lovely job because I was able to give myself a pat on the back and say you know because of your family experience you're now working for an organization that helps prisoners but I wasn't actually going into prisons I always remember saying I'm happy working here as long as I never have to go and visit another prison because I've been visiting from the age of eight years old and when my father got out in 1991 I was 24 years old but I moved on to other campaigns for uh, other um, people that were maintaining innocence and you know was involved in campaigns right up for probably another 10 years till around the early 2000s so I'd had a number of years break probably four or five years break and said I'm never going into prison that's me I'm done so I was happy working as and as administrator but little by little um you know there were those in the organization um Jerry Lynn for instance who was the project manager recognized that you know um I had a little bit of a rapport and affinity with prisoners so when they would ring uh, they would ask for me specifically so I found myself doing a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and then a position became available to um, case manage the London prisons but of course it meant I'm going to have to go into the prisons as a key holder and that was kind of very strange for me because my dad had spent 13 of his 16 and a half years in Wormwood Scrubs and I'll never ever forget the day that I did the key talk and the training and I was given my keys and I went up to the chaplaincy department and the managing chaplain at that time I thought would take me around to the prison and hold my hand and show me around and you know settle me in gradually and you know babe steps but no she actually said to me right okay you can get lost now in the prison and that's exactly what I did and I remember thinking this is surreal you know uh, 20 years ago what I would have given to have these keys you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and here I am you know straight on to D-wing up to the landing the second landing to the very cell <laughs> um, you know and it was surreal and it was also a challenge because I was terrified and you know I, I was so frightened about what what it might do to me emotionally that I just thought is is this job worth it you know I know I have to pay my mortgage what else can I do other than work with prisoners I had very little self-esteem in that in that respect and I just thought I have to do it and I have to get on with it and not think about it and that's what I did and when I come out of the prison that day I was so elated I was absolutely on cloud nine and I just felt like I had just achieved it must it must be similar to climbing Mount Everest to do something you're so uncomfortable with you're actually questioning how did you get yourself in this situation in the first place yeah. why did you take this job you know and and to just just be forced into to doing something that you're not not comfortable with uh, was one of the biggest challenges in my life and out of that came the biggest healing um, 
I, I, you know, it totally changed my whole perception, not only of prison, but of my, my, my family, my father's incarceration, what my family had gone through. It was like something had heavy had lifted. And I, I can only say that, you know, emotionally in particularly, um, I feel as though I've been flying ever since. Yeah. And, and what does that look like? What does that look like for you in terms of that, that flight? Um, you know, how was, how was that, that initial kind of experience had an impact in terms of moving forward from then? So I think it's a case of, um, I mean, I think there was a book, book written about it, um, about, about fear in itself, uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, and I think, and, you know, an element of that, like that is true. And I know that not everybody has maybe something huge that they have to overcome. And sometimes it can be the smallest little things like, you know, picking up the telephone on a day that you really don't feel like talking to anybody, um, you know, and your phone rings and you just, it gives you anxiety. And it, or it might be a phobia or it might be just something, you know, that you might feel that the world will think that you're stupid and it's insignificant and just get on with it and what's your problem and all of those things I, I, I truly believe um, are just as important to overcome because when you do that it just it just opens your your your, your life it opens your mind and it gives you so much confidence in yourself even if it's just the confidence to make a decision, you know, or even if you do say, well, I'm sorry, but no, I don't want to do that. You know, you've made the decision and you're comfortable with the decision. Um, but it's pushing yourself so that when you make that decision, you know, it's the right decision and it's not just based on fear. Mm. Um, and I think that's what that did to me because I had a, you know and I know many people have this have this um not uh, how would you put it fear of the unknown and you just think oh I can't do that I mm -hmm. could never do that how do you do that you know oh uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a coward or I don't like this or I don't like that so it's and there's nothing wrong with that because I mean I don't like heights and there's no way anybody's getting me up onto you know, a mountain top or to look down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I had time, I might make baby steps. If it was something I felt I had to overcome, you know, I might. So I do understand that it's not putting yourself in a position where you're spending your whole life doing things you're uncomfortable with. But if there is something that you feel you need to do, but you feel you can't do, um, push through that because you will come out the other side of that you know literally a different person mm. I love that I love the idea of of growth being uncomfortable and I think um, we talk a lot about that in in the growth team we talk a lot about that with the with the guys that we support in prison in terms of it's about taking positive risks you know risk the, the language of risk is seen as such a such a negative thing sometimes but it's just about that like you say just just say ride the fear just keep keep going just keep going and you'll come out the other side and I think that you know that's something that builds resilience doesn't it but it also builds hope and and belief in yourself which I think 
things also kind of really really important um and, and i guess you know moving backwards then and thinking about things more broadly my last kind of question to you is more around kind of communities and i appreciate having gone through this this um podcast that this is actually a really difficult question to answer but um my question is if you could improve one thing to grow our communities and make them safer and happier places what one thing would you would you do so i mean this is something that we are actually trying to do um in prisons at the moment so we understand in prisons there are various communities within the prison so you've got older prisoners you might have prisoners from specific ethnic backgrounds. You might have people that have, you know, disabilities. You might have, um, you know, uh, people from uh, different genders. Uh, so we have transgender people in prison. You've got gay and lesbian people in prison. And it's just, it's, for me, it's not all about those individual groups getting together. That's fantastic and that's what we actually do uh, with our Irish prisoners but what we what I do is when I organize an event and we do them in prisons not during lockdown of course but so we have a uh, traveler history month or we have St Patrick's Day and we get some Irish musicians and Irish dancers and some uh, somebody to read some Irish literature in but I always make a case of ensuring that the prison in open it up to anybody that is interested because we had at the last event we had which was um in 2019 around november we had people from different ethnic backgrounds who were interested um in irish culture and they came along and they they loved it and that's what i think we what community is about it's about inclusion it's about celebrating your own um culture or your own identity but also inviting others who are from, uh, you know, a, a different perspective to come in and celebrate and enjoy with you and learn from you and you can learn from each other. So just opening that up. And I think we should be doing that, you know, in the community in general. Mm. Um, and just for an example, uh, my daughter's looking at schools for her, her child, her first child who's coming up to school age. And she sent me a link yesterday to a school that embraces not just Catholic faith or Anglican faith, uh, but they also have Hindu children, Buddhist children, Jewish children, and children from no faith. So, uh, and the, the ethos of the school, it just blew me away. Um, and this school uh, had gone to um, Northern Ireland uh, in the last 10 years and helped with bringing those two um, divisions together uh, and actually opened a school in Northern Ireland for children of Catholic and Protestant faiths to bring them together. So for me, that's what community is all about. It's about inclusion. It's about celebrating everybody's differences and it's about coming together and learning from each other. Mm, absolutely. I think that's, that's such a great, a great, great thing to end on really I think it's um and creating those opportunities like you say I think um sometimes we maybe don't know where to start with that kind of stuff in terms of just making you know appreciating and and seeing and just un understanding a lot more about why people are different and really embracing the fact that people are you know that through that we can we can learn something new or we can we can we can we can be something different if we choose to be so um 
thank you so much Breda it's been really great to have you on the show and um, it's been just lovely to talk to you and, and get to know you a little bit more so thank you very much thanks Sarah okay Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to find out a little bit more about us, please check out our website on www.penalreformsolutions.com or check us out on Instagram, LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook on Penal Reform Solutions. If you'd also like to contribute to help this podcast run, then please check out our Patreon account on www.patreon.com slash growth movement. Thanks so much and take care.